what's up movie buffs welcome to to see or not to see the podcast that lets you know which new release movies are worth a watch in a world where we have so many different places you can watch new movies you have theaters you have streaming apps you have legal you have illegal websites i'd like to give you all a one-stop shop on where you can get your new release movie reviews i'm your host (laughs) if i can say it correctly your host floyd smith the third writer entertainment reporter and film critic and i am returning after a long way too long hiatus to give you guys a new episode on three huge properties i've been wanting to talk about i want to go in reverse order of importance when going over these properties the first i want to go over is the suicide squad which is james gunn's version of the previous release suicide squad movie from 2019 this movie is supposed to be a quirkier grittier more accurate to the comic representation of these characters and i'm extremely glad and excited to go over this crazy ass trailer we just got from james gunn secondly i want to go over marvel's huge property right now everybody's talking about it the falcon and the winter soldier we've had two episodes so far just want to go over what i think about it is it holding up to wandavision is it really as good as people say it is i'll talk about that in a second and lastly i wanted to go over Zack snyder's justice league a film that was literally demanded by a fan base via twitter that actually was realized in all of its four-hour glory and i want to review that movie for you guys as well first things first ladies and gents Let's get into this Suicide Squad trailer. You gotta be kidding me. You're gonna risk the entire mission for a mental defective dressed as a court jester. It's coming from a guy that wears a toilet seat on his head. We don't leave one of our own behind. Hopefully Harley's still alive. No funny business, Colonel. These are dangerous people. Team two is clear to go. Fire up. Three, two. What are you guys doing? You, we're here to save you. You were gonna save me? It was a really good plan, too. Well, I can go back inside and you can still do it. That's patronizing. I'm so sorry. Harley Quinn. Bloodsport. So the original Suicide Squad was released in 2016. It starred Will Smith, Margot Robbie, and Gerald Leto. Did I say his name right? Jared Leto as Joker in what was supposedly basically supposed to be a villain version of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. It was basically supposed to be a movie about villains, something a little darker, something a little fun and quirky. Unfortunately, it was not well received by audiences, and I'm going to level with you guys. I didn't like it at all. I'm a huge, I'm probably the biggest Will Smith fan, and even I thought this was probably one of his worst choices when it came comes to casting so when it was announced that dc was going a different direction and actually bringing in james gunn who's directed and written both of the guardians of the galaxy movies i was extremely excited and this trailer makes it look absolutely insane you guys uh please go watch the trailer on youtube it's actually crazy there's a literal walking talking shark so this film is going to be just as wacky as the first but in a way that's actually more satisfying for audiences so i think this is really cool one of the weird things i will say about the trailer i think it kind of gave away too much basically the whole movie is there in the trailer and that's one issue i have with a lot of modern trailers is that there's just too much content you guys got to calm that down down a bit from a producer's perspective as audiences we don't literally need to see the beginning middle climax and end to the movie to want to see it just i'm actually more of a fan of the trailers that actually just show us the entirety of one scene and this trailer started off with that 
and then it literally just gave us the whole movie edited into like five minutes so i'm super excited for this movie the cast is great you got margot robbie coming back as harley quinn she's a fan favorite although i wasn't a huge fan of birds of prey i just love seeing her in that role we got idris elba basically replacing will smith as the shooter he's playing a character called Bloodsport. and then we got some interesting casts uh castings like we got uh uh, what's the Saturday Night Live dude's name? We got him in there. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Pete. Uh, Pete Davidson. We got Pete Davidson in there, and we also got some returners from the original movie. Like, uh, we got Viola Davis coming back. We got Joel Kinnaman in there. So we got John Cena in there as Peacemaker, and as you can tell in the trailer, he's already fitting into that comedy tone. So I'm super excited for this movie. I know you guys probably are too. Can't wait for it to come out. Love everything James Gunn does. I just hope it's not too weird. James Gunn, you know, has that that weird comedic taste. I just hope he doesn't go too far left. But the good thing is with Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, you can't really go wrong with how offensive you go in terms of the content. So I think it's going to be amazing. I think this is the movie you're going to want to take all your friends to at the end of the summer. Next, I want to talk about the newest entry to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which has overtaken WandaVision as the most streamed show on Disney+. Plus. What's going on in that cyborg brain of yours? You don't want to know. Oh, yeah, I can see it working. Gears turning. Oh, they're malfunctioning. They're on fire. God, I hate you. Now, disclaimer, I got to let you guys know, I'm probably the biggest Captain America fan you know. Um, I went to grad school for film and I did my thesis on the Captain America trilogy. That being said, I was super excited when this series was announced. I felt like it could be a spiritual sequel to The Winter Soldier, which is my personal favorite Marvel film to date. So I, I really came into this series hoping for a grittier Marvel series for something that's a little darker, but also something that kind of plays on that relationship between Bucky and between Sam. Obviously, they're, they've lost their best friend in Captain America, but what is teased throughout both episodes of the series of what we've seen so far is that Captain America wasn't just Steve Rogers, you know what I mean? He was a representation of our ideals, what we want to be on our grandest day, on our best day, what we imagine we are as a society, but what we need to truly work towards. And that first episode for me, it, it kind of captured that grittiness that I wanted to see. Uh, we got to see Sam Wilson kind of in his day-to-day -day life with his sister down in New Orleans. They had a family that had a boat, and obviously they're struggling with some financial situations. So we see Sam get denied a loan, and it's kind of crazy that we have yet to see something like that in a superhero property where we, we've, we don't really see superheroes struggling financially. And often Marvel kind of likes to avoid some of those more mature tones. And that's kind of why I've more leaned towards DC's content lately. But with this series, you can definitely tell that the showrunner is actually aiming to hit that mature audience. And while I'm at it, let me go ahead and shout out the series showrunner who is... 
Kari Skogland. I'm probably uh, butchering his name, but he is the director um, in the past. He's directed works like, uh, let's see here. We got uh, The Loudest Voice. He's done episodes of The Handmaid Tale. He's done 50 Dead Men Walking. So he has experience with those darker tones. And I'm very appreciative that Marvel kind of is going in that more mature direction. Whereas I kind of felt like WandaVision had that family friendly vibe. And I'm a little over that. We've kind of seen that for over almost 20 some movies. So I'd love to see more mature tones. That being said, episode one didn't do a good job of really making me care about the situation. We saw Falcon struggling financially, but it didn't necessarily make sense. We're like, you have Iron Man, you have a billionaire playboy, how do you say a philanthropist at your fingertips? You have million dollar equipment. You mean to tell me you can't get a loan? That was a bit shaky for me, although I do appreciate the mature tones within the world that they've created. It just didn't make much sense. Uh, Bucky, uh, his story I actually found extremely interesting. We're starting to learn that he's trying to make up for that life he had as, as a winter soldier. He has this list of people he wants to attempt to make up uh, things for, like the, the, the older gentleman he's hanging out with at the bar. He obviously murdered that guy's son, so he's trying to repay him in any way he can. Then he has that other list where he's basically trying to tra uh, track these people down who are former members of Hydra. That part of the episode was extremely interesting to me, but almost nothing to do with Sam was interesting to me in that first episode. So that first episode made me really wary. But then you had the second episode, and honestly, this is probably my favorite thing to come out of Marvel since uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Dude, the, 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 the bouncing back and forth between Falcon and Winter Soldier, between Sam and Bucky, they're hilarious together. Their chemistry is amazing, and that's what we all wanted from this show. That's why this show kind of materialized on its own is because Marvel fans noticed during these press briefings with the cast that uh, Anthony Mackie and uh, Sebastian Stan respectively were friends. They got along. They were always super funny together. They're always cracking jokes. If you go on YouTube right now and look up uh, – Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan videos, they have millions of views because people just love to see these two people interact and have fun together. People love to see that they're actually friends in real life. And that finally comes through and shines to, through in episode two, which indirectly complements the amazing ac action sequences we get when we're watching, uh, <laughs> like when we're watching the Winter Soldier jump out of a plane with no parachute and he falls down and then the Falcon just walks past and he has... Uh, and he has uh, his little uh, bird, what does he call him? A red wing flying over him with his camera watching it. It's just hilarious, dude. And, and um, I think Marvel is doing an amazing job going forward. That first episode was a little shaky for me. But you're getting the best balance of that humor and those mature tones in this series. And that's what I think ultimately is going to make me enjoy this series a little more than WandaVision. My problem was with WandaVision was... It had an amazing story. It taught us a lot about Wanda. It taught us a lot about Vision, right? However, I could argue it didn't necessarily end the story for any of those characters or for the plot that it was creating. And my issue is that we're not going to see the end of that story until, what, a year or two from now before we see Doctor Strange, which will actually wrap up that story. But with this series, I feel like with these characters, they're going through therapy. They're dealing with real-life situations. We're going to see some finality. We're going to see 
some type of ending for this these characters in this six episode run. And so far what we've seen, especially the therapist scene in the jail with the two characters, it's been really great. It's really showing the depth that Marvel is giving these characters and that some of these characters, they might just be, you know, one and done villains. They might just be throwaway characters here for a gag or two. But some of these characters are here for the long haul. And it's just good to see Marvel develop that character, these characters that people love and enjoy and want to see more of. So with that said, I want to go ahead and remind you guys of my scale. I've actually gotten some compliments on it, so shout out to you guys who actually like it. Uh, my review scale is Small Popcorn, Combo Number 1, and Combo Number 2. Uh, Small Popcorn is going to be a one or two star film or t TV series, which may only be enjoyable if you have stakes in the film. For example, you're a fan of the director, you're a fan of the writer, you love the genre. Something about the movie is going to make you enjoy it regardless of how greatly it's written or how greatly it's directed. A combo number two, oh, excuse me, combo number two. A combo number two is going to be really good for its quality or for its actual, I guess, space, creative space in Hollywood, but it's just, it's great, but not perfect. Uh, and then combo number two, these are going to be the best of the best. These are going to be the excep exceptional films, the films that transcend their genres, but transcend the the qualities that go into them they're not they're not just the ingredients that go into a film good writing good characters good plot it's all of those it's those movies that are basically your favorite flicks so for me uh like i mentioned that first episode of winter soldier was not for me so it's going to get a small popcorn uh it's going to be a one or two star uh property for me but that second episode is getting an easy combo combo number two y'all i'm telling you it's a really good episode uh, if you haven't watched The Winter Soldier or Falcon and The Winter Soldier, get into it now before it's too late. You definitely want to be able to hop on Twitter and talk about it with us. So with that being said, get into Falcon and The Winter Soldier, if you have not already. Without further ado, we get into our feature presentation review. My review for the long-awaited, long-spoken-about, highly-tweeted-about Zack Snyder's Justice League. I had a dream, almost like a premonition. I think there's an attack coming. My lord, this war will fall. I need warriors. I'm building an alliance to defend ourselves. How do you know your team's strong enough? If you can't bring down the charging bull, then don't wave the red cape at it. You were sent here for a reason. And even if it takes you the rest of your life, find out what that reason is. Age of Heroes will never come again. It will. It has to. Alright, y'all. So if you don't know the backstory of Justice League, obviously Justice League was released in 2007. 20, um, 2007. 2017 Justice League was released. But what I guess 
well, some average moviegoers may not know is that the original film that was released in 2017 was not the original vision of the original director. The original director of the film, Zack Snyder, who also directed Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman, wanted to create a trilogy for these three films. But right around the time he was about, I'd say, 60 to 70 percent done with filming, his daughter committed suicide. Um, WB, uh, Warner Brothers, and him decided to separate so he could go spend time with his family. And Warner, Warner Brothers made the decision to bring in the director of the original Avengers film by Marvel. Um, his name was Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon is known for his uh, humor. He's known for his quips. He's known for bringing a lighthearted tone to films. And he's definitely done so in Marvel's film with Avengers. And he also directed Age of Ultron. But one issue that fans had with Age of Ultron is that it kind of was melancholy. It was a little bit melodramatic. Ultron didn't seem like a true threat because he was always shooting and cross jokes. He was always trying to be funny. So fans were not delighted by the version of Justice League we got in 2017. It felt like a zombie of a film. Uh, if you had no idea that any of this happened going into the film you may have actually enjoyed it because of that lighthearted humor that was put into the film however if you're more of a, a comic book movie fan you'd notice that it just left the tones that Zack Zack Snyder set in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman so basically what happened was fanboys uh took to Twitter to make a hashtag called the Snyder, the Snyder Cut or release the Snyder Cut and after I'd say two or three years of of fans basically tweeting at the actual producers of Warner Brothers trying to get them to make this movie. Warner Brothers and HBO Max, the release or the streaming platform for Warner Brothers, decided, hey, we got this new streaming app coming out. We need some new content. Why don't we let Zack Snyder release his version? Um, what started as just a passion project that WB was just going to throw a bone to Zack, let him edit some things and change the movie up a bit turned into a brand new budget of $120 million. And they basically let Zach create this movie entirely over. Uh, he turned it into an R-rated four-hour superhero smash that I, you guys don't even know, I was super excited to watch and see. I sat down so excited like a little kid at a candy store for this film. Um, and I have to say, I was nothing but delighted this movie was damn near perfect for a superhero movie. If you're a superhero or comic book movie fan, at the very least, you have to say this movie was better than the 2017 version. But I'm, but not only that, it's a great superhero team-up movie. Uh, one thing that somebody said that kind of stuck out to me is that Marvel took, what, 20-some films to get to the point where they brought all their characters together. Uh, that's hours and hours of character building. Zack Snyder managed to make Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman, these characters we hadn't seen on screen before, integrate and be relatable and be enjoyable in just four hours. This four hours went by so easy, and I can't believe it did. Like, this this shouldn't have worked. Like, we, you know, WB or HBO Max should have gave Zack Snyder this money. He should have redid it, and it should have came out just okay. But for me, this movie was damn near perfect. I'm damn near on the verge of cursing, just trying to explain to you guys how fucking good this movie was. Uh, I, I wrote a review for it on Letterboxd, and I'll shout out my Letterboxd at the end of the show, but I'll just give you guys a few of 
this sentence I wrote about this movie and just how much I enjoyed it and why I ultimately gave it five stars. Uh, his commitment to darker tones is often misguided. His taste in music is sometimes corny and his pacing could still use some editing. And yet us nerds and comic book fans still don't deserve Zack Snyder. And arguably his best film to date, Snyder seemingly effortlessly makes each and every scene in this four hour epic feel necessary. This film is nearly flawless and catapults off of the potential set by the ultimate edition of Batman v Superman, proving that when Snyder is given creative freedom, he is nothing short of a comic book movie god. The film is bursting with tones of grief, regret, and redemption that left me crying at least once every 30 minutes. It's not only a blockbuster superhero film, it's a family film, conveying that above all faith, love, and the bonds we create with the ones we care about are more powerful than anything, even death. Um, I ended it to say that I'm sure Autumn, uh, Zack Snyder's daughter that unfortunately passed away, would very much enjoy the the family aspects and the love and and the 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 care about those close to you that is shown throughout this film. And I think that family is a, a very unique theme of this film that wasn't in the 2017 version that brings some uh, human aspect to it that makes you empathize with these characters and that's why as a director as a whole I've always enjoyed Zack Snyder's visions his perspectives he's always managed to make dark content emotional he's always managed to, to give you the blood to give you the sweat to give you the fights but to also give you something to care about despite that and that's why I love this film that's why I gave it five stars on Letterboxd and that's why on my podcast I'm going to give Zack Snyder's Justice League a combo number three for a superhero film, for a comic book movie film. It excels at everything that it tries to do. It tries to build up this dark, brooding world. It does that. It tries to make you familiar and empathize and like these characters that you've never seen before. It does that. It, it, it creates a new Batman that's interesting. It, it creates a, a villain, unlike in 2017, that I actually kind of see why he's doing what he's doing. He got a debt of 50,000 worlds to Darkseed. Of course, he's going to try to get these mother boxes together and prove himself. In the 2017 film, it dude was just, he was just a monster with an ugly face. I didn't care about him. Like he, he had no story. He had no motivation, but that in this one, he, he was important. He actually had something to strive for and he'll never catch up on 50,000 worlds, but at least we got to see him try and that's what this movie is about it's just the effort 2017 didn't give us that effort it didn't try to make this movie epic and that's what it needed we're talking about some of the biggest comic book characters ever superman batman wonder woman these are billion dollar characters this should be uh this should be a four-hour movie it should be uh r-rated it should be you know getting hashtags all over the world and I i'm proud to say as a comic book movie fan that it turned out great and i'm just ecstatic to see what dc goes on to do after this now i have heard that producers over at dc are choosing to not go into the snyderverse direction meaning they're not going to give snyder the opportunity to make future dc films which is unfortunate however i can kind of see where they're coming from this whole thing has been really messed up some of the movies we've seen in dc are connected some of them aren't and i really think they just need to press reset they need to redo this thing we got a new trilogy of Batman films starring Robert Pattinson coming out. Uh, we got a Shazam sequel coming out. We got a Flash movie coming out. DC has plans in the future, but they don't need to keep forcing this universe. As much as I would love to see 
uh, Zack Snyder and his trilogy or his series with the Final Justice League film, I have to say that uh, it would be great to see DC Press reset um, and try to restart some of these stories, whether that be um, doing a universe or whether that be independent movies. I just look forward to seeing it any, either way. And um, you guys should go get an HBO Max subscription. Use your friends. HBO, HBO Max, I don't care. But if you like superhero movies at all, you will enjoy Justice League. I promise it's funny. It's charming. It's entertaining. Your dad will like it. Your mom will like it. Everybody will like it. Just watch it. Uh, I just love the fact that people are giving Zack Snyder the love and respect he deserves as a filmmaker. And as a comic book movie nerd, it was just amazing to see. And that four hours of superhero smash-ups and superhero drama was basically a one long orgasm for me. So I know for you guys, you'll enjoy it too. And that being said, I'm going to wrap up the show, guys. Thanks for coming out to hang out with me for this brief episode i want to let you guys know that starting every monday i'm going to drop a new episode for you guys reviewing three or four new release uh tv shows or films whether that be a new episode of a streaming show whether that be a new film that's available on hbo netflix hulu or in theaters i'm going to try to weekly give you guys reviews of new content so stay tuned thanks you guys for listening um as far as my content check out my letterbox d uh it's going to be floyd deasy uh floyd deasy is basically my uh anonymous tag on a lot of social media so look out for me there on letterbox d that's where you can see my reviews i try to constantly update that because whenever i watch a new movie i try to go to letterbox and just write down like a quick top of my head review um because i'm not always publishing my reviews on different these big websites that i write for uh but with that being said, check out my letterbox D, uh, listen to old episodes of the podcast. You're going to get new episodes every Monday. Follow us on Twitter. Follow my personal Instagram. That's at Floyd Easy. And we look forward to seeing you guys. And please reach out to us if you want to hear us uh, or hear me <laughs> uh, review a certain movie or a TV show. In future episodes, I am going to have some of my friends from uh, school hop on and review some movies and on our next episode that'll come out a week from today i think we'll actually be releasing reviews for godzilla versus kong y'all can't wait for that so thanks for listening peace guys